0: Tim informs us that he's lined up a gig in Southend-on-Sea. The trick is that it's for this Friday, a mere two days hence. Some band cancelled at the last moment, so he was asked and said yes. He bumped up the fee accordingly. Real cash. Nearly thirty quid each. This time it's pure brill cream. Some kind of severe rock-and-roll emporium for ducktailed diehards and Teds. There will be no flashes of Jumpin' Jack at this gig. No feather-haired blues-pop hybrid stabs at modernity need apply." This is strictly Elvis, Bill Haley, Carl Perkins, Jerry Lee Lewis territory, and this presents a problem. Tim and Roger can play this stuff in their sleep, and Stain seems surprisingly familiar with the Jerry Lee Lewis catalog, but Mal, Yosemite, and I haven't got a clue. During rehearsal, Mal tries to grasp the chords, his wide eyes glued to Tim's fingers on the fretboard, and Roger plays Facing Yosemite, tutoring him on the stops and starts. Me? I got two hours' worth of 50's Grease lyrics to learn. Ballpoint pens scratch frantically, with Tim and Roger dredging up and writing down the lyrics to all these ancient rockers. Whole lot of shaking going on, great balls of fire, blue suede shoes, heartbreak hotel. And what's with the mathematics? It's always one for the money, one o'clock, two o'clock, one-eyed cat peeking in a seafood store, twenty flight rock, numbers everywhere. Speaking of numbers, have you counted the cast of characters in Jailhouse Rock? You got the warden, Shifty Henry, the Purple Gang, Spider Murphy, the Prison Band, Number 47, Sad Sack, Number 3, Little Joe and a drummer boy from Illinois, all doing things to one another, as apparently happens in the slammer, and I gotta sort it out and sing it. Do you know what Bugsy said to Shifty? <laughs> me neither. Turns out to be Nix Nick's, Nick's. Who'd have guessed? In the back of the van, as we fight traffic on the long slog from Howard to South End, Roger plays acoustic and puts me through my paces. Tim yaps back over his shoulder from the front seat when I screw up breathless and something else. It's too much, man. Due to traffic, we arrive at the gig way too late for a sound check and are forced to lug the gear in under the gaze of many an evil eye. The joint is full and getting fuller. Black leather and chains and jeans, brothel creepers, winkle pickers, pretend hell's angels, real ones, teddy boys and tarts and poodle skirts and red chiffon scarves. A pall in the hall of cigarette smoke, lager, sweat, hairspray, Old Spice, evening in Paris, brute, all the good ones. Malevolence, too. The patrons ain't patient, and they make it apparent that they do not like what they see strolling in. On stage, Staines surveys the upright piano and climbs aboard, up top, lifting the lid, reaching in and placing with care his stick-on pickups. He's brought along another toy today as well, a tool that looks like a candle snuffer a wooden handle with a ratchet on the end for tuning the piano. He and Roger set about playing notes over and over, give me an E, until things sound reasonably in tune. Naturally, the punters are enthralled. A knot of horrible, rough-looking womanish types, a chromosome or two short of alluring, are gathered around the front of the stage, already yelping nasty things at us. This is a foreign country. I don't speak the language, and I don't know the customs. The tight blue strides and red kimono I'm wearing don't seem to be helping matters either. There's a bad feeling to this. You'd swear hate was hanging in the air, an almost palpable red fog of the stuff rolling in from them to us. Altamont on the estuary. What kind of grease balls were these yokels expecting? Orange glowing cigarette ends bob up and down out there in the darkness. Roger seems resigned and taciturn as ever, busy plugging things in and tuning, but he's wary, keeping an eye on the enemy. Mal is whiter than ever, bleach-white with fear. Yosemite's holed up behind his kit, screwing with his hi-hat, in siege mode already. Stan seems implacable, outwardly calm, facing the wall, fingers on the keys, playing along with the records coming out of the hall's loudspeakers. But I catch his eye, and he's nervous. He's hiding behind his hair. Tim, though, is at ease, eager as Vince, a native, prodigal, sunny boy returning home to his people. He's got his thinning hair combed back, black denim trousers, white T-shirt, and leather biker's jacket. Stick him in a museum. He's tuned and plugged in. He flips a switch on his amp, and presto, he's got some of what he calls Dwayne Eddy reverb going, and he's itching to unleash it. Me, I'm knocking back cans of warm lager. I've untied the kimono at the front, and I'm ready. Sound check? We don't need no stinking sound check. We kick off with blue suede shoes. The balance is awful. I can't hear Stein or Mal, but, wonder of wonders, the black leather sees part to open up some hardwood floor space and within seconds factions of the mob are dancing they're bopping around like extras from some gidget movie von zippers gang on Benny's and bitter they're jiving they're twisting they're doing some strange dance where they stand legs spread feet planted hands on hips while they bend at the waist and shake their shoulders at each other